The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Oh, have we got another exciting live edition of the Masculine Journey from the Kernersville Community Center this week. We are back on the love machine, aren't we, Al? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Today, we're talking phileo. Is my saying that right, Al? You're saying it right. And we're going to get into some of that, but we got Vin Wardo, Vinny Menino here with us today, the rock star. Uh-huh. And Dennis, again, Sam is still a little under the weather, but we're praying to him. He's on the mend. He's getting better. He's healing. And he could use a little phileo or, you know, send his way. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Al, you gotta, you got to explain this phileo thing to us. So, as we talk about love, in the English language, we have one term that kind of encompasses everything. But in the Greek, what the New Testament was written in, they had multiple words for this. And for instance, uh, today we're talking about phileo love. And there was a point with Peter where Jesus was saying, Peter, do you love me in the agape, the sacrificing sense? And Peter would say, I love you in the phileo sense, meaning I love you like a brother. I love you like family. So this is a, this is a different type of love, brotherly love. If you've ever been to a Philadelphia Eagles football game, the city of brotherly love is not that loving. I'm just going to say. <laughs> but when we, is when that we, where the Philadelphia came from? Then? That's where Philadelphia was the city of brotherly love. But as you talk about the brotherly love, let's let's think about that. We have uh, Jesus told us to love our neighbor as ourselves, and there that's anybody we can be neighborly to. Those are strangers, people that you know, acquaintances. But then there's it gets a little deeper. It gets to that point of family, somebody who's really close. Now. There's a um, pragma love, which is the long-standing love between a husband and a wife over decades. You know that kind of love. They get um, pragmatic from from that word. Um, but as we as we talk about phileo love, you need to start thinking. You need to start realizing there are different types of love within the phileo love. There was a community that Jesus had. He had his boys. He had. They were with him wherever he went. The brothers. The brothers. But then within that. There were four that were his inner circle, his really close trusted one. But even within that circle, there were even closer ones, the ones that he trusted. And, and that, as you go through your relationships and community, there is the point where people become closer and closer and closer. And when we talk about a band of brothers, that phileo love and, and um, battle where you're forged, where you've got each other's back. You may even where friends. Uh, or enemies, people you don't like in a battlefield, when you're supporting each other, that particular love will come up because he had my back. He watched my back. When I was, there was a, you know, I, when you watch the movie Banner Brothers, the guy, there was somebody coming up from behind, you know, and he didn't see him, but somebody shot him and saved his life. And it's a guy that he didn't care for. But now all of a sudden, man, you have my back. But you have a clip along those lines, don't you? I do. There's a clip from Black Hawk Down, and this is one of my favorite clips on brotherly love and, and from the military. And in this particular scene, they've just come out of this really horrible situation where they were trapped, pinned down, no food, no water, not enough ammo. They get out, and there's this one guy 
who is um, special forces, and there's another who's a ranger. And this is the moment where they um, they get back, and one's getting ready to go back in, and he, he explains why he does it. You're going back in? There's still men out there. God. When I go home, people ask me, hey, who? Why do you do it, man? Why? Some kind of war junkie? I won't say where. Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. That's it. That's all it is. Hey, don't even think about it, all right? I'm better on my own. Hey, we started a whole new week. It's Monday. So, Vinny, you certainly have some feelings along these lines. Sure. I sure do. <clears throat> my son went to uh, Vietnam. He was 18 when he left, came back 21. And he was uh, hurt. Uh, I mean, mentally hurt. And everybody, his wife, my sister, my daughters, all tell me, don't talk to Jimmy about uh, Vietnam. He doesn't want to talk about it. So Jimmy took on a different life. He took on drinking. Uh, that's what eventually killed him. But there was an incident that happened at his house one time. There was a, a what do you call it, a meeting of uh, his platoon, what was left of it, which were now grown men. This was about 20 years after. From listening all the years that he was home, he doesn't want to talk about it, don't talk about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. My kids, his wife. Well, these guys came. I sat with them. And let me tell you something that he described. They talked about what happened, described the whole where it went. And, you know, all. I mean, I, I was dumbfounded. His... I'm being told for 20 years not to speak about it because, you know, and I knew because he was drinking heavily. But when these four guys came that were with him over there, they talked like as if they were still there and were describing it kind of gruesome. And it took me, I walked out of the house and saying to myself, now what the heck just happened? You know, I spent 20 years of not asking my son, are you okay, this and that, uh, about his experiences, and don't talk to him. And now he's talking, I mean, vivid things that were happening, what he did, what this guy did, what the other guy forwarded him. And I said something, I don't know, but I guess that's what you can call brotherly love. He was in his environment back again when he was 18, 19 years old. 
and them four guys that were there, and they were talking and rehashing oh, the battle uh, and describing it the way they were. They were brothers, brothers, you know, brotherly love, the forged in fire. That's right. So, Al, you served, and, you know, that clip has a special meaning for you as well. You know, I did not serve in active combat, but I served in a combat zone. And there's something when you go into, um, I, I served as a repair locker officer in the aft end of the ship. We had the fuel and the powder and the shells for the five-inch gun. And the reason they didn't have an officer back there was because they didn't really want to lose one. They had to put somebody expendable. So they put me through all this training. And, and I wasn't, there were guys that were better at this than I was, but when you go through that training with them and you go through, and we literally went into the firehouse, we went into a flooding where they flooded the, the space and you had to plug up the pipes. Um, when you start going through that and then you go into a combat zone and you're familiar with these guys, you know, I, I don't think it's something you can explain or you could understand from words, but it's the experience that you trust these guys. It's experience that they have your back. You may not like each other. Uh, you know, we watched a movie at the last boot camp about a tank commander who didn't like necessarily the, the guys in his tank. They were, when they were off out of the tank and, and on leave, they were crazy. He didn't like them. But when they got back together, it was all ignored because they were a family. They were a team. They had to function together. And there's just something about that camaraderie that's built from it. It's a respect that, okay, he's going to be a jerk. Um, I know that there was a time in the Philippines where a guy's wife had left him, and he went nuts. You know, And he tried to commit suicide. They brought him back to the ship, and as they did, they landed on one ship to give mail before they came to ours. The helicopter crashed on that ship. Of course, he, had ju he, he, he was rescued. They took him back. He comes back, uh, uh, finally gets back, and we were in Sri Lanka. And he was going to try to commit suicide again. And a bunch of guys rallied around him and said, no, man, no, we're not going to let you do that. She's not worth it. You know, your life, your, your life has value to us as a brother, even though he wasn't the most fun guy in the world. But Which we brings up him. another clip. We have a clip from Coach Carter that, you know, Coach Carter – he was a hard coach, and there was a guy who hadn't stood up and done what he was supposed to do, and so he had a, a whole list of things he had to do to stay on the team. And, you know, here's a situation where people show up for one another. Well, we're going to get to it. Bring it in, guys. Bring it in, y'all. All right, that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. Remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Play. Mr. Cruz, I'm impressed with what you've done, but you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. I'll do push-ups for him. You said we're a team. One person struggles, and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? <laughs> I'll do some. I'll run suicides, too. 
off the hook did he Dennis they still had to do them but they let the other guy step in and, and you've experienced some of that kind of brotherhood lately in a isn't, isn't it fascinating how you know you look at these movies how many life lessons there are in movies that have to do with going to battle together movies that have to do with being on a team together I've been part of a group uh, a community for the last 15 or 16 months of men who all come together under the same roof with a with a commonality in in our case recovery and even though we come from all walks of life we become one as a group so when one is not doing well or one leaves the group we really experience that loss and many times we're at our absolute worst you know we're not we're not at the best place in our lives we're growing and and I think about that and I think about what Jesus really means about brotherhood that it's about relationships he did not create us to walk through any of this alone that's a that's a challenge that I've had for most of my life was wanting to be a lone wolf but the Lord has taught me in this that Al you're a value in my life and you know what I'm a value in your life too you know, and, and together we, we work as a team. These guys, there will be there will be relationships and life lessons I'll take into my life. And to me, that's what that's what Jesus is saying in brotherhood in those types of relationships. You know, Dennis, I can't tell you your testimony of how you've had the courage to step up and and break some of these struggles to, to overcome them. I've sh I've shared my relationship with you and how I've seen you grow, and and that's a gift that gives to other people. That bonding, the time that we share, it lives as long as you know we that emotional bond as long as we're living it and sharing it. Yeah. All right. Well, you can see that there's clearly a side to filial love, a, a bright side, a God side, but like so many things in life. <laughs> There is a dark side. And C.S. Lewis gave us some insight here, or gave me some insight that is definitely worth quoting. So I will let him say it because he can say it so much better than me. He says, friendship, I have said, is, and this is out of the book, The Four Loves. Friendship, I have said, is born at the moment when one man says to another, what? You too? I thought that no one but myself. But the common taste or vision or point of view, which is thus discovered, need not always be a nice one. From such a moment, art or philosophy or advance in religion or morals might well take their rise, but why not also torture, cannibalism, or human sacrifice? Surely most of us had experienced the ambivalent nature of such moments in our own youth. It was wonderful when we first met someone who cared for our favorite poet. I know you've had that happen, right, Vinny? No, I'm just kidding. Just the other <laughs> What we had hardly understood before now took clear shape. What we've been half ashamed, we are now freely acknowledged. But it was no less delightful when we first met someone who shared with us a secret evil. This too became far more palatable and explicit. Of this too, we cease to be ashamed. Even now, at whatever age, we all know the perilous charm of a shared hatred or grievance. 
It is difficult not to hail as a friend the only other man in the college who really sees the faults of the subwarden. Now, the subwarden, you know, we don't have those in colleges in the United States, but I suppose that C.S. Lewis had some. Yeah. But you can see the, that friendships can clearly go to the dark side. And, and how far can that go? We happen to have a clip. As you might imagine. <laughs> Pretty far. This one is from the movie Freedom Riders. And the teacher actually found a picture, which you can't see because you're listening to the audio. Somebody had drawn a picture of one of the black students as with very exaggerated lips, et cetera, et cetera. And she took that picture and made her point. So we will hear now from what happened in the classroom. What's going on? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> what is this? Just leave it alone. You think this is funny? Fido, would this be funny if it were a picture of you? It ain't. Maybe we should talk about art. Fido's got real talent, don't you think? <laughs> you know something? I saw a picture just like this once. In a museum. Only it wasn't a black man. It was a Jewish man. And instead of the big lips, he had a really big nose, like a rat's nose. But he wasn't just one particular Jewish man. This was a drawing of all Jews. And these drawings were put in the newspapers by the most famous gang in history. Mm. You think you know all about gangs? You're amateurs. This gang would put you all to shame. And they started out poor and angry, and everybody looked down on them until one man decided to give them some pride and identity and somebody to blame. Take over neighborhoods? That's nothing compared to them. They took over countries. You want to know how? They just wiped out everybody else. Yeah, they wiped out everybody they didn't like and everybody they blamed for their life being hard. And one of the ways they did it was by doing this. See, they'd print pictures like this in the newspapers. Jewish people with big, long noses. Blacks with big, fat lips. They'd also publish scientific evidence that proved Jews and blacks were the lowest form of human species. Jews and blacks were more like animals. And because they were just like animals, it didn't really matter whether they lived or died. In fact, life would be a whole lot better if they were all dead. That's how a Holocaust happens. So, Vinny, you know, when I think of gangs, <laughs> I can't help but... Think of Vinny? Well, you know, somebody... I'm, but you've had a lot of experience along those lines. You grew up in New York City in the 30s and 40s true. or so. You know, obviously, you've experienced some things that we haven't. But the thing that I would like to ask you about is that I happen to know that back in those days, the Italians weren't like the Irish people weren't their favorite people. And being Irish, you know, I take somewhat of offense, but not a lot. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I also happen to know that your best friend, your real-life best friend, is by all means, in fact, you call him the Sh Shanty Irishman. And I wonder, you know, how that even happened based on the prejudice you grew up with. Yeah, I wonder myself, but uh, it was just life at that time, you know. There was so much going on. Well, this is 
you know, the late 30s and early 40s during the Second World War. There was so much crime going on, like she was describing there, Long Nose, and she's talking about the Holocaust. We, that's when it changed for us. We fell in love with each other. The neighborhoods fell in love with each other because we were seeing what it was someplace else, not here in America. So the Shanty Irishman became my friend. In fact, I think the first date I had was with an Irish girl. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, so Al, like we talked about last week, there's a way with Eros that you can glorify God, and there's a way, obviously, you can with Phileo. See, and I completely agree because friendship is like respect. It's not something that's just given. Mm-hmm. It's something that's earned over time. It's something that grows and is strengthened by mutual friendship. And my wife sent me this quote, and I love this. It's by C.S. Lewis. And it's, it's um, another friend and I were talking about um, we had somebody at work that had uh, shown themselves. And he, he quoted Maya Angelou and said, uh, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And I was like, I kind of agree with that, but not so much. And my wife sent me this, because it, and it really encapsulates what I feel. What a man does when he is taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of man he is. And when we, t- when we look for our friendships, when we like Jesus, he had 12 friends. They were good men. But then there were four that were really close, and there, but there were two that he took on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration. There were two that he held really close. We've all got to decide who our friends are. I mean, that's something that um, I, we hear when we're kids. We hear this. We tell that to our kids. You know, when they start running with the wrong crowd, whoa, 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 he's not your friend. Look at what he's wanting you to do. He wants you to steal something. He wants you to go drinking. Who's your friend? Think about what they're doing. So I think that there's friendships that that mutually glorify God are friendships. Friendships where they don't mutually glorify God or it's for just for yourselves. Uh, Not so bad, but the ones where you hurt people, where you dishonor God, those are the ones you really have to get away from. Vinny? Yeah, uh, I just want to get this in. Uh, we call this program Masculine Journey. And it is uh, the masculine journey, truly is. For me, it has been a really wonderful journey to find four, five, sometimes six of us in the ministry. And we they have taken a liking to me. I don't know if it's the what it is i'm handicapped i'm old sometimes i'm funny and sometimes they like to slap me in the head but you know and the things that i say while we're (laughs) doing the show but thank god for scissors so uh my best friends yeah yeah my best friends right now i am sitting with them i can't see them we're not much to look at Right, but you, uh, as Dennis, you pick some music, yeah, which means a lot to you, and set that up for us. Well, it's a contemporary Christian group called Need to Breathe, and what struck me about it was how they were talking about what what it truly means to be to have brotherly love, and and in a Christ-like way, in a light way versus a dark way. Never leave me alone. I can hear the ones we call when you're not. 
You know, C.S. Lewis. Go ahead. You you had something else you wanted to say? No, I was just going to say, did you notice something about that? When he's singing those words, he's not saying anything about what's in it for him. What he's talking about is what I want to be for you. It's selfless. It's not Mm -hmm. about him at all. How worldly, what, what are worldly relationships like? Unfortunately, in our fallen world, it's about what's in it for me. He doesn't say a word about that. He's not looking no, for anything to be your It's interesting yeah. where I was going with that is C.S. Lewis, when he was writing on the idea of friendship, he quoted uh, Pilgrim's Progress, obviously one of my most famous books of all time, and how Christina had these band of brothers, essentially, that she was headed towards a kingdom with. And at one point, they all came into their glory right there before the interpreter's house, and they saw each other in their glory. And when they did, they esteemed each other more than themselves. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you're so much <laughs> you're so much more than I am. You're so much more. And when C.S. Lewis was describing this, he said it was one of the secrets to lasting friendship is to find yourself in a position of seeing that other person's glory because honestly Vinny can see God as only Vinny can see God. Gaither sitting here, one of my friends for 20 years. He can see God as only Gaither can see God and I've had the, the advantage of walking with him for years and being able to do that and you as well. Dan. In fact, all three of you I've known for, for 20 years. And so, you know, I can't imagine my life without those diamonds of friendship that, that, that reflect God to me through the people that I'm close to that I've walked through life with. And, um, you know, it's precious. And, you know, it, it's, it's what supports us in the ministry. Vinny, how else can we have the hearts to go share with somebody else if we don't have people pouring into our lives? That's exactly right. And that was my point about, uh, you know, all four of you guys helped me in a way I can't, believe me, people out there, I can't ask them, I don't want to come, uh, you know, nah, no, they're going to get me, they're going to drive me, they're going to do whatever. I just walked up steps over here, my heart pounding like crazy, because I can't see a lick, but yet I know I got the trust of my brothers, the true brothers. And unfortunately, we're out of time, and the show could go on for another That's 45 right. minutes. Because if you talk about the brothers, about brotherly love, <laughs> we, better have, we better have plenty. Well, thank you for listening to Masculine Journey today. Of course, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Get the podcast. Share with a friend. And we will see you here next week, same time, same station.